listening to another Hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Early on, in fact, I've been now almost in full-time ministry for 40 years, working with people and navigating life with all of its bumps and all of its valleys and all of its challenges. But I've come to a very resolute understanding that God's promises include challenges that there are circumstances that often we don't expect will happen, but they happen. And uh, victory is really the outcome of what we overcome. And we all want victory, but we realize you've got to walk through times. Israel was very much like that. Israel knew their God, but Israel was filled with people. The Israelites were human, just like you and I, and they messed up and they... When they had everything, they stopped trusting God until God removed himself a bit and they lost everything so that they would come back to him. And in that place, they just made a decision to cry out for God. And if you're feeling surrounded by a sense of, wow, I'm losing my hope or I'm a bit fearful, I'm here to encourage you today. We're here to say that, you know, God causes, according to 2 Corinthians 4, God causes, in fact, he commands the light to shine out of darkness. And if you feel trapped in the wilderness or you feel like you are right in the middle of something you can't change, you know what? God's commanding light to come. And He's gonna show us a way through. And and even if we don't see it at times, it's gonna come at the right time. And He shines that light. It goes on to say, Paul writes, into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. And it comes in the face of Jesus. And I think that's amazing that light literally shines out of darkness. I do believe and I really feel, I've been sharing this a little bit, that this season for me, I feel like the Holy Spirit saying it's a time that God's got in His heart to see realignment come. That uh, we will begin to ask ourselves, what is the most important thing and what are our lives really here for? Because it's so amazing how overnight you can lose everything. And for some of us, that's our reality. But when you're living for God's purposes, whatever happens around you, there is a faith that comes alive. And uh, there is nothing that takes God by surprise. What is happening globally hasn't taken God by surprise. Your situation, my situation has not taken God by surprise. In fact, many years ago, I found myself just reading in my quiet time in Ecclesiastes, And uh, Solomon, who was the writer of Ecclesiastes, just began to give great insight. He says, you realize, don't you, to everything, there is a season and there is a purpose to everything under heaven. And so God is the God that causes both the sun to shine and the rain to fall. Uh, It's an amazing thing, particularly here in New Zealand. It's kind of like we have so much rain in the winter, we can't wait for the sun to come. And when the sun comes, it's like, yes, we've arrived. We've just had a summer where the sun has shone every single day. And it's like, now we can't wait for the rain to fall. But life is like that. Life is not all mountain peaks. There are deep valleys that we walk through. There's a time to be born, said Solomon. There is actually a time to die. We can spin out when death arrives. We spin out when darkness surrounds us. There's a time to plant and there is a time to remove the things that we have planted. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to gain, he goes on in verse six, 
and there is also a time to lose. It's amazing, isn't it, that we want the same outcome in every season. And that is not going to be the case. And yet in the middle of every season, there is the purpose of a God that's bigger than us. He finishes in verse 10, Solomon, by saying, I have seen, I've lived long enough that the God-given task with which the sons of men, human beings, are to be occupied, that God makes everything beautiful in its time. I've said to many over many years, not my time, his time. And uh, I'm so honored today to have joining with me, Geneva Wilson, and you were leading worship and great part of our team. Great to be here. And then Abe Raffles, again, a great man, married, father of three. Yes. Yep. And uh, I I love having time with you because you're into boating (laughs) like you are with me. Isn't that right? Yeah, no, I love a good bit of boating. Yeah, safe boating. Always safe. take your anchor with you. <laughs> uh, so good. But, uh, you know, this whole thought of being in seasons where we feel trapped. Um, right now, I, I look at life and I go, no, these times are going to come. So what do I do? Do I bow down to them? Like the Israelites. When the Israelites were promised that God would lead them, but then when they took God out of the frame because they were in blessing. God removed himself. And for 400 years, they were under bondage. And it took that long before they realized they needed to come back to God, cry out to God because they couldn't find deliverance on their own. They were under the rule of the Egyptians and they began to cry out to God. And God said, Moses, and God promised that he would take them to a land called Canaan, a land of provision. They didn't understand that the journey was gonna be one through a wilderness. And we looked a couple of weeks ago at the why of the wilderness. And I want to carry on with that thought of uh, let's have a look at why we need to go through the wilderness. Have there been times maybe with you, Geneva, where, you know, you've had a strong faith, got Christian parents, uh, where it's just like, wow, God, why is this happening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just over six years ago, uh, my husband and I were involved in a a head-on car crash uh, by the fault of somebody else. And... um, it was a pretty shocking moment, and uh, my husband ended up sustaining a, a head injury, a severe head injury, as well as um, lots of injuries to his body. And um, as a 23-year-old, I, I remember sitting on the side of the road just going, what has just happened? Yep. Like, um, and I only had enough uh, strength for that moment, and um, then ended up going through a very long journey up until today, really, of um, figuring out what going through the wilderness has looked like and there's been lots of highs and lots of lows. Um, but yeah, we've just had to traverse some pretty intense intense times together and um, just found that God has been with us every step of the way and given us grace for the moment. Yeah. And as I've watched, because we love you and have the privilege of having so much time together, there have been times where the tears have flowed. Definitely. And uh, the wilderness has taken center stage and the impossibility. And I think sometimes we feel guilty if we feel like that, we're we're human. The Israelites were human. And there is such a challenge. I I read a couple of weeks, if you didn't tune in, but Psalm 78 and verse 14, talking about when the Israelites were in the wilderness, it says that God in the daytime led them with a cloud at night with a light of fire. And when they ran out of water, God split the rocks and gave them drink in abundance. 
He also brought streams out of the rock and he caused the waters to run down like rivers. But even with God's provision, because they were in the wilderness, they were in isolation. They couldn't work it all out. The Bible says that they turned their head from God once again and sinned against God and they rebelled because of the wilderness. And yes, they began to even speak against God and they began to ask the question, but they had seen God provide all the way along. God took them out of the hand of the Egyptians. God destroyed the Egyptian army as they crossed the Red Sea. And yet they began to say, well, right now, it looks bleak. Can God prepare a table for us in the wilderness? And God then responded and he brought water again and food again. Verse 32, it says, in spite of everything that God did, it wasn't enough and they did not believe his wondrous works. Their days became consumed with futility, which is again, just pointless living. 40 years of pointless living. And then that futility turned into fear. And fear is the enemy's weapon to grip a human heart. In fact, you read verse 41, it says, they so often just rebelled against God that they limited the Holy One of Israel. That's a huge thought. I thought for many years that God has no limitation. What I've come to discover is that God can be limited around me. He has limited access to my heart if I allow fear to dominate, if I don't understand the wilderness and what God is wanting to do. And God wants to bless us, but God knows our human nature is when we're blessed and we've got everything secure, it's so easy for us to drift from our security being in God. Have you ever found that in your own life, Abe, where maybe it's kind of like things are really trucking along, you know, and yeah, I got a faith in God, but I don't rely on God as in the times where it feels like I got nowhere else to turn. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah, I think anytime you step outside of the norm or the ideals that you thought your life was going to take or the, the path it was going to take, uh, you're reminded of your uh, dependence and how we actually don't have as much control over situations as maybe we thought we did. Um, coincidentally, when Geneva was in hospital with Jono, our second son was um, being was born in hospital. So we were actually in hospital at the same time. We took our, our young man home after two weeks and he actually turned blue when uh, he was being breastfed and stopped breathing. And that started a journey of uh, back into hospital for weeks on end. Ended up putting the little fella on oxygen for a year. He had tubes here, there and everywhere. Everywhere he went, hey? Yeah, and uh, the biggest thing I think for us is he was on an apnea monitor and he would stop breathing a number of times every night and the alarm would sound. And uh, when he was breathing, it would tick. And as a way of life, we would just walk down the hallway and listen for the tick to make sure our son was breathing. And it sounds, um, you know, pretty intense. Yeah. But at the time, it's like you're in the situation, you do what you have to do to get by and even little things like going in in the morning and checking to make sure your son was still alive yeah. in the morning. Um, and again, it sounds crazy, but you're in this place of like, well, you don't have any other choice. Right. You do what you need to do and you rely on God's goodness and go, okay, well, you gave him to us trusting that you want us to keep looking after him. I, I really believe that, that God is looking for an invitation to be a part of our challenge. Yep. That's where God shows his light, as we saw 
when we're surrounded with darkness. And the why, if you feel like right now, it's like, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why, why did I have to go through that? Why is this world in there? The wilderness is a place, as we've seen already, where we determine our focus. We've got to make a choice now because if, if we make a choice to fear, we're never going to find peace. If we make a choice to say, God's got this, then even though we need to be diligent, we need to listen to the tick of the monitor, but we have to trust God with this. And in that place, when that choice becomes, I'm going to focus on God, then we begin to say, well, God, what are you wanting to say to me in this? How are you wanting to lead me in this? And it's really a time where all plan Bs go out of the window. It's will I trust God and will I literally be somebody that says, okay, God, I'm here for you. The, the why of the wilderness it is a place where we focus. It's also a place where we discover what our true dependence is. Because yeah. <laughs> when everything's gone, it's like if we are constantly losing weeks of sleep because the stock market went down, was that really the place of our dependence? Uh, if we lose our job, is that the place of our dependence? It's something we still need to navigate through, but it's not where we park. The other thing that I want to add to that is I think the why of the wilderness is that God uses these times. God actually allows wilderness times. Rather than thinking, well, if God's with me, it's all going to be easy. That is not the teaching of Scripture. I can prove, again, the heroes of Scripture went through the most darkest valleys you could ever understand. And we look on the other side of it retrospectively and say, yeah, but God met them. Well, on the other side of this, God will meet us. He's with us now and he will meet us then on, this, on the other side of this life. But the third thing is, I think the wilderness is a place that uh, we begin to decide, do we trust? And who do we trust? What do we trust? Uh, the enemy doesn't want, the devil literally doesn't want us to put our full trust in God. And so he uses confusion and he, like with the Israelites, wants them to look at what they don't have rather than what they do have. And that unbelief, as I said, kind of pushes God out of the picture. It, it closes the door to God. And all of us trust in something. And uh, I know for me, it's easy for me to just trust the things I can see and tangibly trust. For you uh, and John o Geneva. Uh, there must have been some real dark days yeah. where you just had to make a decision to trust. Yeah. It certainly wasn't a feeling of trust. Definitely not. Talk yeah. us through that a little. Yeah, I, I remember um, very close to the accident deciding um, between, I, I felt like it was two choices, either God is good or he is not. And I said, okay, well, God, if you're good, then I'm going to choose that you're good. Yeah. And whatever outcome that is, You've chosen us and you've chosen me to steward the season well. And so whatever that looks like, God, I'm going to follow you because you are good. And I remember also a point in the journey and I was driving in my car and, and like you said, I got really distracted by confusion and doubt and unbelief like this is still going on, you know, because you, nothing prepares you for the result of how many years it's going to take to, to recover and, and what you're actually going to go through. And I remember just being quite angry at God about the situation and, and, and comparing myself to other people and where they were at with their marriages and their relationships and in their own lives. And, and then I remember God just audibly saying to me, 
which I haven't had very much before, and he just said, um, why are you doubting me? This is not, this is not me. Like, I wouldn't do this to you. Yeah. Um, I'm with you every step of the way. Right. I've allowed this to happen because I've entrusted you to do this season well and because you're, you're going through something that can help other people eventually, but I've given you the strength and the capacity to take this on. And I just remember this massive light bulb going off and this weight just coming off my shoulders. Oh, God, you are for me. You are with me. And, um, yeah, it was a beautiful moment for me. I, I've had to learn this the hard way, and uh, you respond however you felt. But I think in our Christian walk sometimes, and even in our teaching of faith, trust, hope, we, we think, well, if I trust God, the outcome is going to be the way I want it to be. Yeah. Uh, has your understanding of what trust and faith looks like changed to being one which is what I think God is wanting all of us to experience. No, my trust, and I heard it in what you said, is in you. So therefore, you're going to walk, and if you've, again, you haven't created bad things, but you allow things, and there is something that's going to come off that, that changes me, uh, helps me to reach and touch other people, and has a far bigger, undeniable uh, trust in God rather than a question, it, if you do these things, I'll trust you. I mean, how does that look? Yeah, absolutely. It looks like my life is yours, full stop. Right. You know, my life is yours no matter what that looks like. And I know that you are with me and you are for me. So um, my, definitely my trust and my faith looks different now. Um, as a 23-year-old, I was a very different person to who I am today. Yep. And I don't think I would be the person that I am today if I had if we hadn't gone through this situation. I wouldn't have that amazing marriage that I have today if we hadn't have had to go through some struggles. Um, and being able to help other people is one of my greatest joys to, to, to hear somebody say something and, and not be shocked by it yeah. and just be like, yeah, I understand that feeling. I understand that feeling of a lack of trust or a lack of hope or feeling what I would call punch drunk. You know, you feel like you're down and you get kicked again. Uh, I know that feeling, but I have been able to, to pick myself up again in the grace of God and just keep going. So, um, yeah, faith and trust is looking very different, but it's so much more fulfilling than what, I, than what it was when I started. It's unconditional. Absolutely. Whatever good. Um, you were saying, Abe, we were talking, and so you grew up in a Christian home. Yeah. Um, so you had a faith, but you had a 10-year period when you went AWOL. Uh, yeah. We won't go into all the details of that. Anchor. Yeah, you lost yeah. your anchor. Yeah. Uh, but because uh, something happened in the family, uh, what was it that brought you back? It's kind of like you had a, a belief in God. Many, many of us have a belief. We may not even say we have, but we believe there's got to be something more. What was it that uh, brought you back to a place of, well, I'm going to, I have to trust God. I, I've got to come into a faith with the God that created me. Um, yeah, I think when you're, when I was lucky enough to be, brought up uh, in a Christian home and so as much as over that 10 year period we, we had a bit of a speed bump and, and I went off and did my own thing and uh, for a long time but that deposit was the thing that brought me back. I knew somewhere on the inside of me there was something more and it got to the point where I was like had to step over that hurdle of going what, what would it mean to lose all of that stuff if I pursued God yep. and I had a knowledge but it wasn't enough to have a knowledge because 
stuff in the world, the way I was living my life, it was a really hard decision to give that up and, and trust. Um, I can say though that making that decision, all of the stuff that I thought I, I was gonna lose um, amounted to nothing and God has just continued to, to pour into my life. But um, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of times we, we kind of know what we, we should do, but we have that challenge of, I don't wanna lose what I've got. The thing is what we've got, if it's not based in God, one day will be taken. And so when you have a God that's gonna take you into eternity, then that's the challenge. And we all are trusting something. And this is why the wilderness is allowed so that we again get to choose who we are gonna trust. Uh, If you go to the Bible, the Psalmist in Psalm 73 verse 26 says these words, my flesh and my heart, the failing, but it's God who's the strength of my heart and he's my portion forever. It's good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord. Therefore, I can declare all of his works or outcomings. And it's that thought of I've got to make a choice, a choice for trust. Like Geneva, growing up in church, there was a point as a teenager where I said, okay, God, I've felt your presence. I'm being pulled at school to compromise, but I make a decision, you're God, no matter what. And when you cross that line, freedom comes. Uh, You may have heard of Corrie ten Boom. Uh, She was in Holland, born in 1892, one of four children. And of course, uh, in 1940, the Germans invaded Holland and she was arrested and she was put into a labour concentration camp with her sister Betsy. And uh, of course, they were moved in this concentration camp and she talks about the horrific environment of seeing people being murdered and all the fear and people around her giving up. And yet she had such a trust in God. And this is what she said, which is amazing. She said, faith is simply trusting God's character. Even when life gives you reasons not to. And coronavirus is one of those seasons. It's, it's, a, it's one of those wilderness experiences And we don't want to harden our heart like the Israelites. We don't want to be in a place where we are going to push God to the side. Let me read Hebrews 3 and verse 8. The writer of Hebrews says, don't harden your hearts, especially in the day of rebellion. In other words, when everything is out of control, in the day of the trial of the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, this is God, and tried me, saw me with them for 40 years, But therefore, this is God speaking. I was angry with that generation. And I said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. And so therefore, I swore in my wrath that they would never enter into rest. See, the rest and the peace of God comes when God is center. And God is not to be played with. We kind of have got a God in the Christianity today that is there to fulfill my outcomes and fulfill my every wish. God's got a bigger plan. He loves us with our condition. But if we don't choose to trust him, it's like God wants us to trust him. That's the only answer for eternity. That's the only answer for freedom. And so he will allow things to take us to a point so that we will choose to trust. I think the first message I ever preached was in Proverbs 3 and verse 5, which says these words, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not just some of it. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him 
and then God can direct your path. The wilderness, you say, why are we going through this? It's, it's because God uses it for us to determine our focus, to cause us to realize where our real true dependence is. Also, to make a decision about trusting. I also believe that the wilderness is a place for future preparation. It's a place where in the time that we have, many of us in isolation, where we can stop and just begin to go, okay, God, what do I want my future to be? It's a place where I'm going to decide that when I get through this valley, because you're with me, that I'm not going to allow myself to be distracted like I once was. I'm not going to keep living under the shame of the things that I failed in. No, I'm going to walk through this. Some people tell us that the Israelites could have got through the wilderness in around 11 to 14 days. They got stuck there for 40 years. And even after 40 years of compromise, they never saw the promise of God become their reality only to their children. And I don't want to live a life where I keep coming back to the same point. Maybe you feel like, wow, you know, I've stuffed up so many times. Just make a decision that when I get through this, it's going to be different. I'm going to have a future that has God's blessing on me. I'm going to focus on what can be and where God wants to take me to. Because at that point, everything begins to shift. Let me just read some of the Bible. And I know I've used a bit, but I love the Bible because it's truth. And just listen to a different perspective on how we see God. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 2. And you shall, or make sure you remember, speaking to the Israelites, that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. And he did it to humble you. And he did it to test you. Because he wanted to see what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you. God allowed you to hunger. And then he fed you in your hunger with manna. That manna that you did not know and your fathers did not know, that he might make you know that man cannot live by bread alone. But man comes alive by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your garments if you remember, did not wear out, nor did your feet swell for 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord chastens you. And this is a strong message, but Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Caleb, David, Elijah, John the Baptist, Jesus all had huge physical wilderness experience. And they were challenging, but God was testing their hearts to be able to literally come back to a trust centered in God. The psalmist again in Psalm 66 verse 10 says, For you, O God, you have tested us, but that testing has refined us like silver. You've allowed us to be trapped in a net. At times we felt weight on our backs. You've caused others to ride over our heads. Man, we've been through the fire and we've been through the water, but you have brought us out to rich fulfillment. And I today saying my walk with God has not always been easy, but I now thank God for the wilderness because 
It changes my focus, my dependence, my trust. And it causes me to set a foundation to a greater tomorrow where God will be more real than ever. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.